let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the season that we're in. We thank you for the Christmas season. That we just, <clears throat> everything turns to joy. Father, we ask you to just open our hearts, <clears throat> open the eyes of our heart, open the ears of our heart, just to hear <clears throat> and see what you're doing at this time and this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. You can do this first. <clears throat> okay, we've, we've established a, a tradition here in the church, you who have been here before. Every Christmas, I, I tell a story about somebody who's involved in the Christmas story. And I, I make, up, make up a story. Okay. I use scripture to back up some of the things I'm telling you, but it's just a story. When we read the scripture about uh, um, the people and their lives and even the Christmas story, you'll read a scripture and they get three verses. Well, some of these people lived, like Anna, lived 85 years. So she did a lot more than she did in three verses. So things do happen. So uh, that's what I do. I say, tell a story and kind of weave a story around Christmas about this person. So like I said, some of it, I'll relate the scriptures and the scriptures Peter's going to put on the back screen as I talk about the scripture. Okay? But again, I got to emphasize, it's just a story. Okay, this year we're talking about Simeon. Eight days after Jesus was born... Joseph and Mary took him to the temple to be presented to the Lord. Simeon was the man who was there and took Jesus in his arms and prophesied about him to Joseph and Mary. Now, I'm going to tell this story in the person of his nephew. His nephew is telling the story, and I will be in the first person. I will be talking as his nephew. So that's the groundwork, okay? All right. I thought it important to record these things concerning my uncle, Simeon. Well, for one, he was my uncle. But also, I did see his life, and I did hear his words, and I lived to witness them actually come to pass. You see, when I was a young boy growing up in Jerusalem during the time of a birth of a man named Jesus, years later when this man began speaking publicly, I would often be among those who would go and listen to him. We were all captivated by his words. And one time I even saw him heal a blind man. And then later on, I followed him on the path to his crucifixion and soon heard many testify of his resurrection. And I just happened to be in the crowd on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached. And as he spoke, my heart was pierced with the knowledge of who Jesus actually was. And I, as well as many others, cried out, what must we do to be saved? Then later I heard Peter had a vision. 
And the Lord spoke to him, the Gentiles must be saved. And the apostles came together, what they called the Council of Jerusalem. And they decided we need to open up the message of salvation to the Gentiles. When I found this out, my thoughts returned to my uncle and his life and his words. For he prophesied 30 years ago that salvation was coming to the Gentiles. So this story is about my uncle. I'm writing because I believe this this is a story that was important. When he was alive and walked here on the earth, he truly was never understood. He was a man devoted to the Lord, and he had the boldness to declare the things of God that the Lord had revealed to him. But I can honestly say, even among those of us who knew him and loved him, we didn't rightly esteem his words at that time. My dad, who was Simeon's brother, would often tell us stories about him and when they were growing up. We always enjoyed the stories and laughed at the stories of what Simeon did. My dad would tell us, Simeon was not a... uh, a mischievous guy, wasn't looking for trouble, but um, serving God wasn't his priority at the time. My dad would then explain to us something occurred in Simeon's life that changed him forever. My uncle Simeon, as he would describe it, had an encounter with the Lord. And he would tell everyone the Lord had informed him that he would see the Christ child before he died. And from then on, as my dad would tell us, Simeon's countenance in the course of his life was radically changed. My dad, when telling stories about Simeon's life, would always preface, preface it with this. Now, this story was Simeon before the Lord told him about the Christ. And then he'd say, this is a a story about Simeon after the Lord told him about the Christ. He would use the phrase B.C., before Christ spoke to him, and A.C., after Christ spoke to him. The B.C., Uncle Simeon, I never knew. But he was still fun. Everybody loved hanging around with him. He always had a smile on his face. And he was also, hope, also very hopeful in any situation. And honestly, I felt like he treated me as his favorite, as I used to hang out at his house often. One day, Simeon sat me down and told me in detail about the time the Lord spoke to him, that he would see the Savior before he died. I thought, to, I thought to myself when he told me this, you mean the Savior, the one that we Jewish people have waited thousands of years for. It was hard for me to get my mind around that. And if you can imagine, most people he told the story to 
thought he was a little crazy. For you see, at that time, no prophet had come forth in the land of Israel in 400 years. Since the time of Malachi. And if a prophet wasn't alive and hearing anything from the Lord, most people reason, why would the Lord speak to this guy? One day, when I was around 10 years old, a couple of events occurred that seemed to set the whole town of Jerusalem into a turmoil. Shepherds from Bethlehem were going about the town telling a story that angels had appeared to them and they had gone to Bethlehem and actually seen the Christ child. But you know, shepherds are not known as the most honest and trustworthy people. So most of us didn't pay attention to them. But then some kings from an eastern land had come into Jerusalem asking, where is the Christ child? Because they have seen his star. This stirred up everybody in Jerusalem again and put a fear in us because we knew Herod. Herod wanted to be king forever. He had killed his son and he had killed a wife. So we were all very troubled if this was true. It was about that time, it was in my habit, I dropped by to see my Uncle Simeon. It was a day I'll never forget. As I entered his home, he immediately looked at me and informed me, today is the day. We must go to the temple now. And he told me the Lord spoke to him that we will see the Christ child. I followed him in fear and trembling, pondering over and over again in my mind, was the Christ child actually here on earth? Thousands of years people have been waiting for him. Were the shepherds telling us the truth? Did the kings from the east ever, ever find him? Could it be that I would actually see the Christ child that my uncle had spoken about? We didn't talk along the way as he seemed to be a man on a mission. And I knew the situation was possibly too sacred for me to ask him some silly questions. When we arrived at the temple, we went inside and just stood there. Of course, I'm thinking to myself, how's he going to know who it is? How's he going to know when they come in? How's he going to know their parents? All these questions kept going through my mind. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you're letting your bondservant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, and a light for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. When he said this concerning the Gentiles, my mind went off into another tangent. I'm thinking to myself, well, what, what is he saying? If this is a Christ child, 
We all knew he wasn't coming for the Gentiles. He was coming just for us, God's chosen people. I thought, oh, I didn't interrupt him, but I thought, oh, he sure missed it. But those words didn't seem to faze Mary and Joseph. His mother, his father and mother were amazed at the things being spoken about Jesus, about him. Then I saw my uncle Simeon turn and look directly at Jesus' mother, as if to speak to her personally. And he spoke these words. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And as a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul to the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. After we left the temple, my fascination with being present to see the Christ child soon turned into an overwhelming feeling of despondency. As I thought to myself, if what my uncle said was true, soon he'll be passing away. Two months later, he was gone. I can say I truly lost my best friend. Well, from that moment on, life just kind of went on. I, like most others, was expecting a David-like king to arise and free us from the Roman rule. As time passed on, 20, 30 years, no David-like conqueror hero seemed to rise up. So I just put this event with my uncle on the shelf and went on with my life, but often wondering what what happened. Then stories started spreading about a man named Jesus, and I remembered that name at the temple with my uncle. I, like most people at the time, was curious about him and more than a few times went to hear him speak. But in the beginning, I was more confused than anything. He didn't speak or seem to be like a David, like a warrior who would conquer the Romans. But I, like everyone else, loved to hear him. I was captivated by his words, for truly no one has ever spoken like this before. Then one time I went to hear him, and I arrived late. And it was being it was so crowded, I had to stand outside. While standing there, I noticed a lady who looked like Mary. As it was 30 years ago when I last saw her, I didn't know if she remembered me or my Uncle Simeon. So when the crowd was dispersing, I went over to her and introduced myself as Simeon's nephew. And her face lit up. She remembered him. She told me his words so encouraged her. Eventually, after years of watching Jesus, our religious leaders declared to all of us that this Jesus was a false prophet and therefore must be put to death. Even though everyone would admit 
Jesus' words brought such comfort and peace. Our religious leaders turned him over to the Romans to be crucified. As it was the event of the day, I pretty much, like everyone else, followed him on his path to his crucifixion and watched as he was nailed to and hung on the cross. And as Jesus hung there, my eyes happened to fix upon Mary as she gazed upon her son. My heart broke for her. Then I witnessed a Roman soldier come up with his spear, pierce the side of her son. And I watched as Mary cried out in agony and fell to the ground in a ball. It was so gut-wrenching I had to look away. After, after Jesus was declared dead, we all in stunning silence began to walk back to our homes. Along the way, someone grabbed my arm from behind. I turned, and it was Mary. Her countenance had radically changed. Her face now was glowing. She informed me I had to find you. She began explaining to me what she as a mother was going through. For you see, she explained to me, no one rejoices or weeps for you like your mother. When you are happy, your mother is dancing. When you cry, your mother sobs. When you are hurting, your mother's in anguish. She began to explain to me, and being the mother of Jesus, I watched as the man I trusted and followed all my life, my very own Jewish rabbis, betrayed my son into the hands of the Romans. I heard the shouts of my friends and neighbors crying out, crucify him. Then I watched my son being tried as a criminal and convicted. And then I saw him being whipped and beaten and executed on the cross. I was consumed with thoughts of failure. God had given me charge to raise his only son. I just knew my son was going to be a king like David and deliver us from the Roman rule. But now he is being killed by the very Romans, the very people he was sent here to conquer. So I just knew I'd failed God. Then when I saw the soldier come up and pierce his side, I was completely undone and I couldn't take it anymore. I fell to the ground in uncontrollable weeping. The thoughts of condemnation was overwhelming. Thinking to myself, how could God ever forgive me for my failure as a mother? But then as my face was buried into the ground, bright light pierced my darkness. It can only be described as a heavenly glow that just surrounded me. And in this heavenly glow, I heard these words. I heard the words of your uncle, 
very clearly. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And it's a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul. Then I knew this was God's plan from the beginning. When she finished sharing these words with me, she fell into my arms, weeping uncontrollably. Then I knew I needed to tell my uncle's story. It'll be fun to meet him someday. Josh, come on up here.
And that's going to conclude our service for today. And we always just wish you a merry, merry Christmas and absolutely love you guys. Amen. an excellent song, excellent song. That was a good song, good song. Thanks, 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 thanks. I love, thanks, thanks. I love hearing from you and your mom. You guys are really into it. Right, you know? right. And it was like I could see these two arms arm wrestling, and one was very small and one was very big, and I was like, good and evil. And it was almost even like Trump and New World Order, like one's a lot bigger. Yeah. And it's winning, and every day we get up, and it's like, no, it's getting closer and closer and closer to the table. And it's like, no, 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 no. And it, like, I could just see it last minute, a big man.